0: Last night I spoke to Finance Minister Enoch Godangwana about the withdrawal of the controversial exemptions the National Treasury granted Eskom last week. The exemptions would have allowed Eskom not to disclose the extent of any irregular, wasteful and fruitless expenditure in its annual financial statements. However, it still had to be included in its annual report. This led to widespread outrage from various sectors and contributed to the minister's decision to withdraw the exemptions. The national treasury defended the exemptions and said it was intended to prevent Eskom from receiving a qualified audit opinion and to safeguard its credit rating. This could have led to reduced borrowing costs for the state utility. National Treasury approached us today to clarify a few technical issues regarding the withdrawal and to highlight the process going forward. Shabir Khan is on the line. He's the Accountant General of the National Treasury. Shabir, thank you so much for your time tonight. What are these technical issues you want to clarify? Just to preface the discussion,
1: the Public Finance Management Act is the framework that regulates financial management in national and provincial governments. The credit from ESCOM was an exemption for a specific provision within the Public Finance Management Act, and that provision deals with the reporting requirements. ESCOM, like other state-owned companies, are by law required to report in terms of IFRIT, which is a global accounting framework which South Africa and the private sector adopt, but also there is additional reporting requirements under the PFMA, mainly around how we disclose and report on irregular expenditure, fruitless and wasteful expenditure, and obviously losses through criminal conduct. The request was really to see how this matter can be disclosed in a manner that really still promotes the fundamental accounting principles of accountability and transparency. So when this request came through on the 9th of March, and also, just to indicate that this request originated from the National Energy Crisis Committee, who also endorsed that ESCOM approached National Treasury for this particular exemption. And this exemption was processed and consulted quite broadly within the National Treasury. But as the Office of the Accountant General, it was really important that the principles of accountability and transparency. Was not diminished in any way through this exemption. So we followed a process, and obviously, the process that was followed really concluded that by disclosing this irregular and fruitless and wasteful expenditure in the annual report will not diminish any accountability or transparency, as there was already a precedent in how this accounting treatment happened with the transmit request. And this principle were then adopted as part of this process. Obviously, the key thing that needed to be taken forward was engagements with the Auditor General and the auditors of ESCOM to entrench the principle of what we call an audit and agreed upon procedures assurance engagement to ensure that those figures to be in the annual report is still uh, adequate reviews done to enable the board, the shareholders, which is DPE, mm-hmm. As well as Parliament to take the necessary oversight steps in this regard. The exemption was not meant to conceal any fraud or corruption because the minister in his exemption made quite clear that any losses through financial or criminal conduct must still be disclosed. Mm-hmm. And those ones, if you look at how ESCOM has reported it in the past, really dealt with those matters of fraud and corruption quite. Decisively and quite transparently in the annual financial statements. So those matters will still be disclosed, both in the annual financial statements and the annual report. So that risk of concealing any sort of corruption will not have taken place with this exemption.
0: I think that is an interesting position, but of course these exemptions were withdrawn, and the minister also alluded to it last night. It was withdrawn due to the public outcry regarding it. Was the outcry not foreseen?
1: The minister did indicate yesterday in Parliament that the Treasury may have underestimated the sensitivity of the ground entity in which we planted the exemption. And Considering the importance of ESCOM and the impact it has on the economy, we should have preempted it. I mean, the minister said there's a lot of lessons learned, and perhaps there should have been a lot broader consultation on the matter. The law gives the minister the power to really grant this exemption. Obviously, the law doesn't require for there to be any consultation, but considering the sensitivity of the matter, the Minister took the decision yesterday to consult with the Auditor General as well as the auditors of ESCOM to ensure that if we move forward and whatever mechanism we use to deal with this matter, it tightens, but more importantly, it adequately reports on all fraud and corruption. And that's not considered because it's fundamental that as a state we deal quite decisively with that. What the exemption also does is opens up a period of comment so all stakeholders and interested parties are now welcome to comment and provide comments on the exemption before the minister takes a final decision. And the minister can now take one of three decisions. He can either keep the status quo, amend it in a way that he strengthens it quite significantly, or withdraw it altogether based on this consultation period.
0: So what is the likelihood or the possibility that the National Treasury will reintroduce these exemptions? The
1: consultation period and Treasury's consultation with the Auditor General and the Auditors of ESCOM will then determine the actions that will follow. As I've indicated, it could be one of three amended to status quo or completely withdraw it. So that period of consultation will happen, which will then inform the decision that the minister will then take in this
0: regard. In the correspondence between the chairman of ESKIM, Mpomakwana, and Minister Gorangwana, one of the reasons cited for the request to enforce these exemptions or to allow it was poor financial controls at ESKIM. Of course, Eskom has been one of the state-owned entities that have suffered the most from state capture. And from recent remarks from uh, the former CEO, Andre De Reiter, it seems like corruption is ongoing. But the announcement yesterday from the minister does not include any indication that the financial controls within Eskom must be swiftly improved. How big a problem is the financial controls currently within ESCOM, according to Treasury? And why is the AG of the Auditor General and maybe external consultants not being used to aggressively address the shortcomings?
1: If I can answer it in two ways. So firstly, in terms of the Public Finance Management Act, the board as the accounting authority is responsible for ensuring that ESCOM implements the necessary control to adequately address some of these shortcomings we have seen. So, currently the board is tasked with this responsibility. And obviously, the shareholder, which is the Department of Public Enterprises, will then ensure and oversee that these steps and these corrective measures are being taken. Obviously Treasury, prov- through the PFMA, provides the legal framework in how these things should unfold. And really, the exemption request that was considered by the national treasury was meant and would have taken into account some of the reforms and the actions that needed to be taken to address this. So in the Minister's response to one of the things he did indicate is whilst well, there is this data in control and the control was focused on was the control to enable ESCOM to report completely and accurately on irregular expenditure. That there must be an action plan to actively deal and improve the control environment that enables ESCOM to report accurately going forward. So this period of an exemption allows them to then appoint consultants and get the capacity to then implement these controls to actually clean up and improve the control environment.
0: But should that yes. not have happened many years ago?
1: Absolutely. I mean, some of these matters have been recurring. One of the things that we've looked at is that over the last five years, ESCOM has received a qualified audit opinion from the auditors. And the qualification was mainly due to the reporting of irregular expenditure. And what the auditors have cited is that the system that enables them to account and to record all these transactions was not up to, to speed to enable them to report accurately. So, th- this problem is a perennial problem, but obviously, this exemption is not meant to deal with every single problem within ESCO, but really to deal with a financial reporting requirement around the disclosure of irregular signature. Mm-hmm. This request also was considered part of some broader reform that is currently happening within the public finance management space. The Minister of Finance also in his budget speech in 2022 indicated that we need to differentiate between corruption and minor transgressions of the rules of policy that are audited as irregular religion. And yesterday in Parliament, I also made the point that the focus is generally on the value of the transgression rather than the loss to the state. And the example that I cited was the nexus one in which and NASA in a particular financial year incurred quite significant amounts of irregular expenditure purely for not exerting the funding guidelines. So the value of the transgression was 17 billion rand, but the loss to the state was zero. And the focus with how this is reported is generally on the value of the transgression rather than the loss. So some of these reforms are really meant to correct some of these misnomers that we see. But more importantly, the National Treasury has issued an instruction note number four, which also deals with some of the reforms to irregular Mm -hmm. expenditure, worthless and racial expenditure. This instruction note four regulates and provides a framework for the entire national government and not just for ESCOM. So the point I'm making is that they either start to look at how these are being reported, but more importantly, to fundamentally address it, in the legislation as part of the reform.
0: Then what would the benefit for Eskom be if these exemptions were reintroduced? Is there a financial benefit that ESCOM could receive from it? The fundamental issue that they've written to us
1: and if they've cited in their letter is around the rating agencies and how they, they assess them. But secondly is around the the qualification is that they will get around these traditional requirements, and what does that mean towards or for their loans with lenders. And really what they've indicated is that these qualifications trigger some of the covenants on the loans, which ultimately put them in a difficult place in that the lenders will immediately require some of these to be immediately paid unless waivers are uh, agreed with them. So... This exemption was also considered broadly as part of some of the support that Treasury has given to ESCOM, but also part of the broader energy crisis in which the President appointed the National Energy Crisis Committee to deal with. And this request, as indicated as well, has come directly from the National Energy Crisis Committee, who actually endorsed that they approach National Treasury, ESCOM approached National Treasury for this uh, particular exemption. So this exemption is really meant to deal with that. And the Minister made the point yesterday that ultimately we need to look at it from a fiscal sustainability eye. Because if ESCOM is unable to raise capital in the open market, there are implications for the fiscal.
0: You've said these lenders could or may call these covenants into play and that ESCOM may need to repay debt sooner than according to previous schedules. Is that a possibility or... Will it happen if ESCOM do indeed receive a qualified audit?
1: A qualified audit often breaches covenants. And with ESCOM, a large portion of the debt is, is guaranteed by national treasury and the state. So immediately once there is breach, and if the lenders immediately recall for the full payment, they could use those guarantees to recall and require and request a full payment of that
0: loan. Is there an, an amount of possible debt that needs to be repaid due to the breach of the, the covenants? Is there an, a number on the table of what could happen if ESCOM doesn't receive a clean audit?
1: At the moment, there's no amount on the table. This was to actively deal with that risk, should that risk realise. So At the moment, there's no amount on the table, and then Obviously, the Treasury team working quite closely with ESCOM and their Treasury team to manage some of these risks.
0: Shabir, thank you so much for your time tonight. That was Shabir Khan, the Accountant General of the National Treasury.